All right, musky season is drawing to an end, but Backlash Podcast is certainly not. Thank you for coming back and listening to another episode of Backlash Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff, with Team Rhino Outdoors. And if you want to check out that company, check out TeamRhinoOutdoors.com. If you're one of the diehards that's still out musky fishing, certainly check out our website. We have everything you're looking for for fall fishing. And my co-host tonight is Brad Hoppy with Musky Mayhem Tackle. And if you want to check out that company, check out muskymayhemtackle.com. And Brad, why don't you talk a little bit about Musky Mayhem Tackle? Yeah, that's not the only place you can find us. You can find us on social media through Facebook or Instagram. Um, you can also check my guide service thing out. Uh, it's Musky Mayhem Guide Service on Instagram. And basically we're the, uh, the initial or the, the launch of the uh, Flashaboo Big Bladed Baits we were the originators and uh, we're proud of that and we appreciate all of our customers and come check us out. Certainly the originators, there's no doubt, you know, changed the whole path of the musky game, I guess I would say. And, um, you know, ruined a lot of people's elbows and whatnot along the way. <laughs> but, uh, so Brad, I guess let's address one thing today. It's, uh, today, what is today? Is today Monday? I think it's Monday. Yeah. It's Monday. Yep. Wow. We're actually, uh, I think I'm maybe a little ahead of the game compared to normal. Isn't it uh, usually on Tuesday? And I got to quick try to edit it that same night and whatnot. Hey, you got an extra 24 hours this week. That's right. This is going to be cakewalk. Anyways, um, we're talking about musky shows. Uh, for anybody that didn't know already, Milwaukee and Chicago musky expos, they've officially been canceled. And I think, Brad, you could speak for both of us and I can speak for you probably, but we're all really disappointed that the shows aren't going to go on in some aspects. Like we, we love coming out. We love seeing our customers. But from a business standpoint, Brad, I think we can both agree that it maybe was going to be a bit of a financial risk for us to even be at these shows this year. Oh, hands down, Jeff. I, I agree with you 100%. You know, I, it's mixed emotions, right? I mean, I know you're just like I am. I want to see my customers. I want to visit with them. It's a great opportunity for, uh, you know, a bunch of us in the industry to actually visit and kind of put together some plans and different things. But not only that, I mean, Hey, we're talking to the public and, and that's what it's about. And that's the way I look at those shows. You know, I think it's really important to stay out there and actually visit with these people. I look forward to that aspect of the shows but man, you know, I mean, do you have half the crowd? Do you have a quarter of the crowd? Maybe you got a full crowd. You, you just don't know. And it costs dollars for us to travel down the road. That's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, between booth fees, booth fees, hotels, food, all the other expenses that come with it. I mean, we have a lot of expenses that we need to do. So we need to have decent shows in order to make up these expenses. Cause I know we'd prefer not to pull losses out of these shows, even though we do, Kind of write it off as a promotional expense. I mean, we like you said, we get out and talk to our customers, and that's one thing we're for sure going to miss for the early part of 2021. I know I talked to Carrie today, and we're going to talk about a few different things to try to get you know baits in people's hands or whatever, but uh, nothing's firm as of right now. Obviously, you know, keep listening to this podcast throughout the winter, and we'll, we'll give you some updates on. If and when something arises that is noteworthy, we will certainly talk about that. I would imagine uh, we'll have some announcements on potential sales for uh, Black Friday, whatnot coming up. I'm assuming again, it's it's all been such a blur this year, Brad. I mean, you know how it's been between 
guiding and fishing and trying to build baits and pack orders and everything. It's been quite a blur. And again, I mean, much like Brad and Carrie say often, we thank you all for your support for 2020. We couldn't do it without you. Even listening to the podcast, I mean, I've talked, we were, I was talking briefly before we started recording with Brad and just talking about how many people send us messages. Hey, we love the podcast and, and all that. And, you know, we just really, truly appreciate everybody taking time out of their day every single week to uh, listen to me and Brad ramble. And occasionally we get a guest if we're good enough that week. Depends on how our a, how our game is that week. If we're on our A game, we have a guide or a, somebody informational. And if we're not, it's just me and Brad and we're just, yeah, that's, you know, it happens, right? Oh, hands down, Jeff. It, it's it's a mad scramble a couple of these weeks, that's for sure. We've talked about that and hashed that out over the last couple of weeks. But, you know, we're going to have some really cool guests coming up yet this winter. And I, I think uh, people are going to be pretty excited about some of the different names that we could probably provide. So, you know, I love doing this thing. I mean, it's it's super fun. We get to talk to a lot of cool people and we get to talk fishing. I mean, how much more fun can it be? Yeah, 100 percent. Brad has a really cool idea for some future podcast episodes. And again, Brad and I still have, we've kicked this idea around for a while. I bet you it's probably been what, eight, nine, 10 months, Brad, that you've been talking about this. Yeah, it has been, you know, Jeff and I, you've got a lot going on in your world and you have for over a year. And, um, I guess we all are busy to some extent. Your busyness is a little bit different. Um, we don't need to go into that, I guess, Jeff, unless you want to, but, I think there's something that we could do to feed back to the musky community. And I think there's a bunch of people that would probably enjoy this if we go down that path. Yeah. And I think based on the announcements from today, I think we're going to have some time to go down that path. And I think it's going to be Brad's idea is pretty cool. And someday, hopefully in the next, I don't know, we'll give it like six weeks on huh, Brad and we should be able to unveil some of this. Yeah, I would sure think so. That's for sure. And I, I think, you know, like you said, listen through the winter. I know musky fishing ends and uh, maybe it's hunting season, maybe it's whatever season, but you know, we're going to keep providing and we're going to do the normal Wednesday and who knows, maybe there'll even be some bonus stuff in there. Yeah. Unlike past years where we talk about bonus stuff and it doesn't really ever happen. I have a feeling this is going to happen there. I just added up the amount of days that we share a save between like four shows that we would have done. And it's, you know, like at least 16 days right there alone. I think we should be able to manage a couple bonus episodes out of those 16 days that we save from not being on the road. That's assuming that all the shows are canceled. Right now, it's only Milwaukee and Chicago. There's still Minnesota and Wausau out there yet, so we'll see what happens with those. Obviously, those are later in into the season. They're both in March, so there's potential there's something going on there. Obviously, as we know anything, we will we'll bring that to your attention. But, um, Brad, so... Why don't we just go ahead and uh, get our guest on tonight? We're going to talk to John Holmgren from Tooth Seeker Guide Service. If I'm not mistaken, he's also part of the Muskie Mayhem Pro Staff. Yes. And, and the last time we heard from John was episode six, so we figured we'd bring him back and kind of get a recap on his season. I'm sure we'll be talking some fall tactics for guys that are still getting getting out on the water. Although, I mean, as Brad knows and anybody that's paid attention to the forecast unfortunately it appears as though the end is going to be more near in Wisconsin and Minnesota than what we would like it to be. Of course, mother nature can throw us a curveball and, and readjust her schedule, which would be very thankful, but I don't, as of right now, I don't see it. 
Yeah, I don't either, Jeff. Um, if you look at the 10 day, it's pretty ugly. Um, I was, I just got off the water an hour ago, but you know, we're at 50, 51 degrees, depending on where we were on the lake. But, uh, man, the forecast is not looking so conducive to long-term fishing. That's for sure. No, absolutely not. But Hey, I mean, we've seen it before, Brad, where things, things can change, turn around and, and, uh, they can change, I guess, as long as the access stays open, if the water temperature, you know, I mean, if the water temperature stays in the 41, 42, 43 degree range, and you can still launch a boat, then it's all fine. So we'll see what happens. In the meantime, let's get John on the phone and see what he's got to say this week. All right, our guest for today's episode is John Holmgren, Tooth Seeker Guide Service. If you want to get a good background on John, check out episode number six. For anybody that's newer to the podcast, that's where you'd find him. We had John as one of our early episodes, and much like last week when we had Todd Schultz on, I won't listen to our earlier episodes because I'm afraid that they're terrible and horrible. And <laughs> I don't know if they actually are, but I'm assuming that they're not good. But anyway, so John... Jeff, you need, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you should back that up. Not because of our guest, but because of our editing and whatever else. Oh, well, see, so you just said it there. I got that all recorded, so that, so we'll take it right out of Brad's mouth. Not because of our guest selection, much like Brad had just said. It's because of our editing, and I'm sure that there's a lot of ums, and I've upgraded our sound quality and things like that. I, 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 that's what I'm referring to, the older episodes. It has nothing to do with any of our guests. I feel all of our guests that we had in early episodes, in fact, a lot of them lately we've had back on, I would gladly have on again. There's Actually, I don't know if there's a single guest that we've had in 80-some-odd episodes, Brad, that I wouldn't talk to again on this on this podcast. Oh, hands down, Jeff. I just wanted to clarify. It wasn't because of the guests that you're not re-listening. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. It's actually more about me and, you know, it's probably more about me. Like, I think I'd like to think that I've gotten more comfortable in doing this 82 different times. So I think it's 82, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, get getting, getting back on track. John Holmgren, Two Seeker Guide Service. He's our guest today. Check him out in episode six. And John, if somebody's looking to get more information on you, book a trip with you either for, I don't know if you have anything available this year. I don't even know if you'll be able to fish a ton longer this year. We'll see what happens. Or next year, how do they go ahead and do that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, glad to be back. But yeah, if, uh, if, if people are looking to do a trip with me and get more information, the best way to do it is to just go onto my Facebook page, uh, Two Seeker Guide Service. Um, you can, uh, private message me or just hit me up on, on there. Um, and that's the best way. Um, you can also call, get a hold of me through my cell phone, 218-242-3636. So, but, uh, yeah, looking forward to, uh, another podcast with you guys. The first one was, and just to clarify for everybody out there, the podcast in the beginning were great too. So everybody's got the learning curves, but you guys have been doing a great job with it. So excited to be back on and do another one with you guys brad i think he's just being nice well john is a pretty nice guy and uh i got the the uh, luxury of fishing with him earlier this year and we did some filming together you know john's one of our pro staffers he's a great guy his wife is a great woman and uh a neat family and the whole deal he's the full package it's a lot of fun well john let's uh let's get rolling with uh, kind of like a season review. How, how overall, how's your season? I guess we'll talk about, uh, 
you know, productive baits. We'll probably have a couple of baits of breads to talk about. Why don't you just let us know kind of, you know, how your season went overall. Yeah, so the season's been a lot of ups and a lot of high ups and a lot of downs. It's uh, it's definitely been uh, 2020, but uh, it's the weather's been, you know, really inconsistent this year. You know, a lot of days where it's cold fronts and then a lot of days of um, heat and, you know, with the water temps the way they've been. I think this is the first year in a long time that we've had to take this long of a break due to hot water uh, temperatures. And it was, uh, you know, so we went through that whole ordeal. And uh, But overall, as far as the guiding side goes, this was probably my favorite year of guiding yet. I had a lot of uh, a lot of new clients uh, due to cancellations from the whole COVID episode. I had some clients that couldn't make it out with me due to that, and and uh, but it opened up a gateway of opportunity to a lot of new trips. and uh, And I will say that this year, all my guests in the boat, this is by far my favorite year. A lot of PBs this year in the boat, uh, which is always good. Um, in fact, we just met an absolute giant uh on saturday night so that was good um but yeah just kind of overall just highs and lows starting off you know with the open water deal um we um had a lot of good opportunities with some good fish in the boat um missed a few real big ones but had a really good start on the open water and um then we kind of transitioned into uh the shallow bite the weed line shallow bite the first wave of fish coming in and we had uh, a lot of real good success especially with uh you know going into the baits real quick uh you know musky mayhem as a lot of people know now came out with the trigger which was a huge success um in the boat which helped turn helped turn some tough days into some real good days Uh, but we can touch more on that later but and then mid-season we transitioned over to um, Vermilion, and me and my wife actually bought a, a place on Vermilion, so I did a lot more guiding over there this year, and the fishing was really, really good midsummer out there. Um, we got on a lot of multiple fish days, uh, once again, thanks to the trigger. We had a lot of multiple fish days, a lot of happy clients, so midsummer was, was really good. That was probably one of the highest. I uh, went through kind of a little bit of lull after that. I don't know. It just the weather is just it was it was warm for four or five days straight, and then it would get super cold four or five days straight. And it just didn't seem to line up with the full moons and the new moons. Everything was in a transition period during that, which was kind of unfortunate. But uh, it is what it is. Uh, a lot of wind this year, so we fought through a lot of that. Um, but now coming into fall things have been really heating up we've been putting a lot of big fish in the boat this this extreme cold that you know turnover this year was pretty much on pace for um, most years um, we thought it was going to be a little earlier but it actually ended up being pretty close to you know on calendar and uh, and then uh, but now we're getting this extreme cold and we're the fish are putting on the feed bag. These last two weeks have been just phenomenal. So, uh, we, like I said, this last weekend, we, uh, we're sucker fishing. Um, we kind of transitioned into that. It was pretty cold out. So clients and I opted to do some sucker fishing 
And uh, Friday night, we lost an absolute giant mid-50s right at the bowl at 60 from the net. So that was kind of a bummer, but went out the next day and, and bagged the giant. So, But I'm getting really excited because, you know, this cold weather, obviously, it's transitioned into fall now. The full fall bite is full swing. These fish are putting on a lot of weight. Um, they're starting to starting to put the feed bag on heavy and you know i'm hoping that this this cold kind of settles down a little bit to get, extend the season a little bit but you know the 10 day doesn't look so good for that we're going to keep giving it heck until until it freezes up and we can't get out anymore but you know with this cold weather bringing that that tulipy spawn it's getting closer to that so last time we're out this weekend water temps were 48 and a half degrees for, for those that don't know, tulabies are, you know, spawning. Tulabies and whitefish are spawning around 45 or a little less, around 45 to 40 degrees. So um, they're staging hard, and, and uh, that big fall push is looking to be coming soon. So, so yeah, so that's kind of just a, a brief overview. A lot of highs, a lot of lows, but it was, like I said, overall, it's been my favorite year of, of guiding for sure. A lot of, a lot of fun new guests in the boat and a lot of happy clients. Well, you, you know, the, the unique thing, John, I guess, would be that I think everybody that's listening could probably go through the same scenarios. I mean, you're right. There was a lot of ups and downs. And, you know, the weather is a big, huge factor in some of that. I think the bait fish count can be a factor in some of that. I mean, I would say I don't remember another year, at least in my area here, where the fish that we caught were just tanks. I mean, I, I, it was amazing, but we have high, high bait fish count and they're like full. And so to, to be able to get one of those fish to actually eat when you do it, you know, they're, they're crapping all over the boat and they're just giants, you know, they're just fat, fat fish. So that was kind of cool, but it, it makes it a little bit of a struggle too. I mean, you're competing against the live bait or the, the bait fish that we're talking about. So that that was challenging. I would say the story of the year has been wind is, is for sure in the last month, month and a half. I mean, I can't even tell you. Last Monday and Tuesday, I mean, here we are on Monday night recording this. Today it was dead flat. Last Saturday it was dead flat. But otherwise, like Monday and Tuesday last week, 40 mile an hour winds. I mean, when have we dealt with that? You know, just consistently 20 to 40 mile an hour winds like for weeks at a crack, that makes things challenging. That's for sure. It's like fishing in a washing machine. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely has been the one of the windiest years I remember. So it's been a, been a challenge to get around that, but yeah, I would agree. Definitely one of the windier years we've had. You know, you look at the 10 day right now. Okay. What is it today? The, is it the 19th today? Yes. Yep. 19th today. Yep. So October 19th, and we're recording this uh, the next couple of days. I think we got forecasted tomorrow, five inches of snow. I woke up two days ago to, a, I don't even know how much snow, two inches of snow. Fortunately, it melted quickly, but that's because the rain came. Um, you know, it, it's a struggle weather-wise. But, you know, when I look at the 10-day, listen, I don't even pay attention till the next morning. I mean, if they're telling me it's going to be a high of 30 tomorrow, I'm not going to check it until tomorrow morning and go, 
okay, they were right. It's going to be 29. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, it can flip. There's no doubt about it. Everything can flip, but you're right about the turnover too. You know, it, it came rapidly. Um, I will tell you this, John, I mean, my water here in my area, it was 51 degrees today. So you guys are about three degrees cooler than we are right now. Yep. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause I mean, I can probably understand why that is too. I mean, like you said, you guys got that snow and yours is gone already. Well, you know, I walked out this morning and we still have all of our snow that we got. So it's been, it's been considerably colder um, up north here and, and we're there already talking. And like you said, I'm the same with you. You know, the weather is what it is. You find out what it is that the day that you wake up, but you know, with the 10, 10 day forecast is correct. They're, they're calling for single digits uh, coming, you know, this next week. So um, like I said, I hope that, I hope that pans out and fizzles out and I hope we get a low pressure warm front that kind of moves in and, and extends our season. But, you know, it is what it is. We just keep giving it a heck until we can't and, and uh, we just deal with it as it comes. So, Yeah, hands down with that. I, it's amazing that we have a pond here in our yard that we use for testing baits and what have you. Um, no more testing the way it's looking. I mean, it, it's capped over. There was snow on top of the ice. <laughs> it snowed on us almost all day today. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. it's fall. It's uh, it's almost winter the way it's acting. So, you know, those yep. things they can be challenging. But guess what? You can't catch them from the couch. So get out there and actually get to work and try to put some fish in the boat before it's over. Yeah. Well, and you know, this is this is what this is the time of year that musky fishermen you know dream of all season long. I mean, this is it. So you gotta fight through the cold and. And get after get after that fish that you've been waiting for all year. It's got that fall seed bag on, and, and with this cold weather, you know, like I said, brings on the tulip spawn, and that's one of the biggest opportunities to capitalize on the biggest fish of the year. So, um, you know, we've been waiting for this to come, and here it is. So, get out there and, and capitalize on it. I'm just hoping to get out and get myself one of the pictures of snow all over my boat. Make myself look pretty cool on Facebook. That's what I'm hoping for. Yet, I'm just thinking that you know if i got one of those that would probably put me in that category of hardcore right hey you know what jeff you own <laughs> team rhino outdoors that's pretty cool alone oh boy here, here we go it's, good. it's a good thing i got got my new pair of boots on right now it's getting deep you get you get to provide everybody with all the great custom colors to catch all on fall giants so that's a fact. I do get to do that, so that's good. I, yeah. I mean, I know what everybody's buying, Brad, so I should be that should give me the one-up, but it doesn't really work that way. You probably want to buy the stuff that isn't selling so that you kind of set yourself away from the rest of the crowd, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that seems to be working well so far this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, and what you do there is, is really cool, Jeff, so don't cut yourself down, but... <laughs> What you happen to offer to the public, I mean, is really incredible. And you're right, John. I mean, you get some of those custom things. Guess what? I mean, it's exciting to get out there and throw some different colors that these fish haven't seen. And and it usually pays off. So speaking of different things that people haven't seen, I heard that Muskie Mayhem's got a new bait out that's not released yet. Did you get to play with that one, John? Yep, I did. 
And is it as good as Brad tells me it is? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Now we're now we're going down a different path, Jeff. See <laughs> now I'm gonna I'm gonna back back out of the conversation for a little bit here. <laughs> no, uh, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now, Brad. You know it's you know it just as old as anybody it's it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those base. I mean, you know, like the trigger, I mean, it's just like I said, I mean I I literally can uh you know the trigger put so many fish in the boat this year. For a lot of people that don't know yet, um Ashley and I, um my wife Ashley and I have uh started devoted angling. Um that's gonna be a short film series that we're putting together and working on to release coming up here this this fall. But you guys will see in in that video, I mean, what that thing's all about. So <laughs> It was insane. Brad put those baits in Nashville in my hands uh, just before that trip, and uh, I think we went on a two-week bender between us filming for that, and then um, I had uh, two sets of clients for uh, my weekend special trips, and I think in it was a total of 14 days we put 26 fish in the boat, and I'd say 75 to 85% of those fish were on the trigger. So... Yeah, you did a really good job with it, John. I mean, hands down. And I, you know, it was very limited number of people. I mean, you, John, and Ashley both had them. Uh, Matt Seifert had them. The Baddock brothers down in, in the Indiana had them. They threw them early and just really scored a ton of fish on them. And then, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, it was about Danny Herbick. I mean, he's the one that kind of branched out and gave us the idea of what the trigger really truly is. And a big part of that is the metal sleeve underneath the clevises. So Danny Herbick and his dad, Herbie, I mean, unbelievable fishermen. They, um, they kind of spawned the whole idea of the bait and it definitely works. And from there, then Matt Seifert. And I, it's mind boggling how many fish were caught on it this year with the limited number of people that we had thrown it. It's super, super incredible. And from there, the next bait was spawned. And that bait I'm probably more excited about than the trigger, honestly. It, it yeah. definitely was on fire. And honestly, I mean, here we are. We're at 50, 51 degree water temps, and I'm still catching fish on it. So it's pretty neat. I'm, I'm super excited about the next one that comes out soon. Oh, yeah. Big fish bait, for sure. So... John, let's talk a little bit about this devoted angler thing you kind of briefly skipped over there. You said it's a filming series that you and your wife are doing. I think I yep. saw the trailer for it. For people that are interested, where can they find out more about this? I think I've, yeah. I don't remember where I saw it on Facebook, Instagram, one of the two. I saw it. It looked yeah. like it was something that's going to definitely be pretty cool. Yeah. So we got, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate. Um, my wife, Ashley, is just as hardcore of a musky angler as myself. And she will grind it out with the best of them. You know, like I was telling Brad, when we were early on in this adventure, you know, we were talking about, you know, maybe thinking about doing this. And Brad really kicked it into gear for us and kind of built it up to help us uh, kind of get to where we're at now. But, you know, we're super excited about it. It's going to be a short film series that we're putting together. In reality, the reason why we first, thought of the idea is you know eventually we're going to be old and decrepit and won't be able to do this anymore so we can you know, we're, we're hoping that by capturing this we get older and 
we're sitting in the nursing home someday or something, we can flip it on and, and watch it and enjoy, you know, enjoy what we did and, and be able to look back at all the good memories and, and uh, you know, it's just going to be a fun thing that we're doing. And then it kind of turned into the idea, well, hey, let's see what it, what happens with it. And, and so we've got, uh, we've got one, one show, one really good show put together or being put together right now as we speak um, and hoping to release that one here in the next uh, month or two. And then um, we're uh, working on the second one and we're going to see what we can get and where we can go with it from there. Um, but we're planning on putting together, you know, at least two to three musky shows to start off with this year. And then we transition to maybe doing a couple ice fishing shows because we, we enjoy ice fishing as well. So um, probably do a couple of those as well and then hit it really hard next year. So anybody that's looking to, you know, follow along on the adventure, you know, we have a Facebook page, Devoted Angling. So we're we're really excited just just for the you know sheer fact of being able to capture those memories for for us and if if other people want to follow along and enjoy it with us that's that's what we're aiming to do you know husband and wife duo is starting to become something that you see a lot more of in the fishing industry right now which is great I mean it you know typically back in the day it was more of kind of a man sport and now it's really branching out to all the family and and uh and husband and wife and and couples so it's really exciting to see the growth of the industry go that route it's something that we haven't seen a lot of and and i think you know like me and ashley have always said you know if if you can't do what you love to do together then you know it's going to be pretty tough to make it so it's uh you know it's just something that we're blessed out and we're really looking forward to help spread that throughout the industry so well, I was almost offended. I mean, I'm recording this from the nursing home right now because I'm 50. Yeah. So, <laughs> old and decrepit, that's me. You know, I wasn't going to say nothing, but... It's, <laughs> it's funny that he talks about, you know, looking back on those memories or whatever from the film that they have now. Because, like, ironically, yesterday... So, I've had the Team Rhino Outdoors YouTube channel for a long quite a while i think it's probably been eight years that we've been that we since i started it but it literally was kind of one of those i was just going to put up some random fishing videos on for whatever reason but anyways i had my daughter out uh crappie fishing through the ice in my in the very first video that we put up and we she rewatched it yesterday because you know eight i think it was eight years ago so she was like six years old and she's just this little girl you know, and she, you know, she's, she's just, the way she talks is just little compared to what she is now. I mean, now she's a 14 year old young lady and it was pretty, it's pretty cool to see that. And she laughs at herself because she's like, I can't even talk that well. Cause she says like, I'm worser than you. And just like stuff like that, you know, or, or I'm worse, I'm worser than her. Cause she was catching <laughs> the crappies and I wasn't catching many, many fish. And there was nothing that was like real big or whatever, but it was, it's funny that you mentioned that John, just because. I literally went through that yesterday with my daughter. She's watching this, you know, her jig up crappies when she was six year old, six years old from a YouTube video. So it's it is. I mean, it is cool to see that. Not quite honestly, I wish that I had those videos of my other daughter. My other daughter doesn't really want to fish that much, but I don't have those videos, and I also don't have any. Well, my my youngest son is he just turned seven, so I can still get some of those videos of him. And my other son is nine, and 
uh, you know, Brad, we talked about earlier in the in the episode about how uh, before we got John on how the shows are canceled. And I'm thinking with some of my, you know, free weekends and time that we don't have with the shows, at least for the first two shows, I'm hoping to maybe get out ice fishing and film some of that stuff with my kids because, I mean, other people might not want to see it. I'll probably put it up on YouTube, but it's, those are cool memories to have. Yeah, for sure. And that's why we're doing it. I mean, that's why we're excited to do it. And, and, uh, you know, not only the memories, but as well as helping, helping fuel that passion of a husband wife team out there doing it together, you know? So we hope that it can make an impact, uh, to help spark the help spark it for other couples to get out there and do it together too. So I think, I think it's bigger than that though, John. I mean, you have two beautiful little girls that uh, are going to be included in that whole deal as well. I mean, it's truly a passion of the outdoors. It's not just musky fishing. It's bigger than that. It's beyond that. And I think it's important to recognize that you know what you guys do in the outdoor world is super super cool so sharing it with the public i think the public's going to respond to it and it, it's definitely a cool deal yeah we're excited so but yeah like you said i mean i mean we're going to be incorporating the whole family aspect as well i mean our daughters are already we got a, a six and a four year old and they're already obsessed with fishing which is fantastic and and uh, we love doing it every chance we get as a family, you know, and getting them out in the outdoors and instead of sitting on their iPads. And, you know, I mean, that's, you know, that's where, you know, I think a lot of the world is failing right now is get back to the roots of being a, a human being and being in the outdoors and, and getting away from all the other BS out there, you know. And it's important for kids to understand that there's a lot of life lessons that are learned in the outdoors. There's a lot of you know, a lot of family bonding time and, and, uh, we really, we really feel that it's really important as a family to, to be able to share those memories and stuff together. So hands down. And I think a, a better way to actually find that, you know, I, I follow you both your wife, Ashley and yourself, John on Instagram. And there's quite a few pictures there where you're, you're showing the girls too. And it's not just fishing. I mean, you're out looking for mushrooms. You're doing a bunch of different things in the outdoor world. So, I don't, I don't know. It's yep. huge. It's really cool. Really cool to see. Yep. So, John, for you know, just to get back after that part of it, if somebody's looking to find you and your wife on social media to to see these videos, how where do they find that? Yep. So we got a we got an Instagram and a Facebook page for devoted angling. You can find us on there. Um, and then, uh, my Instagram and Facebook page is, uh, two seeker and then, uh, Ashley's is a uh, hungry outdoors girl. So, um, you can find us at any of those three spots, but devoted angling will probably be, um, the main hub. As soon as we get these, uh, videos put together, um, we're kind of in the stage right now of doing all the filming and editing and all that stuff. And we're going to, when we get ready to release this, we're going to have everything put together, but you know, we're going to really start hitting it hard on, on, uh, the devoted angling page. So, um, they can just go find us there and, and, uh, follow along. Cool. So let's, uh, let's transition now into cold water. Cause I think that's what we're going to be dealing with before it turns to ice. Hopefully we got some time, but let's talk about cold water. Let's, uh, I want to say, where should we start with that? 
location, I guess, maybe. What are you looking for when you're trying to track down muskies in this, uh, we'll call this late, late fall period? Yeah, so, I mean, right now, you know, like we're talking, these water temperatures are out here. Um, like I mentioned before, now we're sitting at 48 and a half, and um, we're getting very close to the two of these spawn, the two of the whitefish spawn. So, you know, what we're, what I'm doing is, you know, I'm actually with the use of our mega side imaging, uh, thanks to Hummingbird is, uh, just driving around and literally finding flat, shallow flats that have gravelly bottom. And then typically out front of those right now, being that we're already at this stage of the game, these, uh, you know, this weekend, especially I was driving around and, um, these fish are already, the two of these and whitefish are already staging extremely heavily out in front of their spawning areas. Um, it's already drawing a lot of muskies into those areas. Like uh, sucker fishing this weekend, those two, uh, the two big bites that we got, um, we had actually caught right um, in amongst the two of the staging. So they're staging out oh, approximately yeah, anywhere from 18 to 24 feet on the brake line and um, we were literally pulling our suckers in between them and the cabbage on, on the brake line. And uh, that's where we were finding those fish. So those fish are already starting to migrate towards where these tubies are going to be spawning. Tubies like to spawn on, on the shallow flats with gravel. They typically spawn hard uh, after dark, um, which is, you know, like I said, in my first podcast, uh, nighttime is the right time. And that definitely holds true with uh, with this whole tulipy spawn. So, you know, you've got a couple different options. You can, this allows you to get back into the casting stage. If you can bear the cold, you know, these muskies are going to be out in sitting on that gravel or sitting in the cabbage adjacent to it, um, just waiting to feed on these fish that are coming in to spawn. So um, you, can, you can hit them that way. Break line trolling at this time of year is really good eight uh, anywhere from well even six feet to you know 12 feet off the brakes these fish are going to be sitting out there you know coming in and out it's just crazy because you know there's times where you can actually these muskies are moving in and out with these with these uh ciscos and two of these and white fish and and uh it's 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 a pretty intense bite when you get on the right time and like i said nighttime is one of the best times to get after them the two of these are full spawn and uh and it's just it can be a blast so let's talk about baits and that whole aspect john i mean what's your go-to baits when it comes down to whether it be trolling or casting when it comes to the tool will be spawn yeah so i mean i i when i when we shoreline troll you know we're talking you know like i said six to eight feet so if you got play if you're going to use boards you know your down rods are going to be um i usually run you know, a Jake, a 13 inch Jake or, and we got, um, headlocks are always a good choice. You know, anything Cisco pattern, silver, black, black, chrome, anything like that is kind of what our go-to is. Um, white, um, white and chartreuse. I know Lemonhead is really good this time of year. And then, uh, so yeah, so as far as trolling, those are the baits that, you know, we're going to be using as far as casting same it's almost kind of the same thing i mean you can use almost the same baits ripping crankbaits over over the rubble where this where they're spawning where the cisco's are spawning is very effective throwing big blades 
I, I love throwing a supermodel at this time of year as well. I mean, like I've said before, supermodel I've used from the opening of musky season to the end. And I've cut a lot of big fish, you know, during the tulipy spawn on big blades as well. And that's why I'm actually really excited to be throwing the new bait that's out. And uh, I'm pretty sure that thing's going to crush. So I'm pretty excited to be throwing that one this year as well. So. Well, it's not quite out, but it will be shortly. And, well, uh, yeah, excuse me, the one that's coming out. <laughs> uh, it, it's been pretty amazing, that's for sure. And I, I, like I said, I'm still throwing it as well at this time of the year. Let me ask you this, John. Are you implementing the sucker side? You know, how are you dealing with the suckers when it comes to the tool will be spawn? Are you still playing with that as well? Yeah. You know, the thing is, is you know, this time of year till freeze up is always, you know, sucker fishing can be effective because a lot of days that get too cold to cast where things are freezing up and, you know, being a pain, the whole sucker aspect kind of puts, I guess for lack of terms, an easier way to fish during these temperatures, right? I mean, you're not having to deal with frozen guides and reels as much. Um, you know, you can bundle up a lot heavier. You're not weighted down with your, you know, I always just dress like I'm going ice fishing and pulling suckers is an easy way to bundle up and still, you know, give yourself the opportunity at catching a giant. Um, you know, the whole, the whole sucker side of things, you know, these fish are relating to these break lines, right? And these, these two of these are coming into spawn. So, you know, anywhere where you can find where these uh, two of these and whitefish are staging, is a good place to be pulling suckers as well. I and mean, if you can find a break line that's got cabbage, um, these fish are relating pretty heavy right now at this time to the cabbage. And, and uh, you know, it's that's, it can be a really effective way, an easy way and a warm way to fish till the end of the year. So, yeah, I mean, sucker fishing will stay good until freeze up. And, and it's just a good, big bait, slow presentation for a giant fish to come up and chow. So. I won't argue any of that. I'm I'm not a meat guy, but uh, I, I do know how effective it can be. Well, let's talk a little bit about speed during this time of year, John. I'm assuming you're running your, you know, your casting baits quite a bit slower than what you would be, say, three weeks ago. Yeah, you know, actually, surprisingly, I I really don't change it up as much at, at this time of year. You know, these these uh, tulipy trying to run away from a muskie is going to be probably a lot faster than any speed retrieve that you can do. So I actually don't slow things down a whole lot. Um, if I'm throwing big blades, you know, big blades at night, I typically tend to throw them slower throughout the whole year um, after dark, just because you get a lot different vibe off of them and whatnot. But quite frankly, you know, crankbaits and stuff, I'm running them pretty much the same speed. I mean, a tool would be trying to escape a muskie isn't going to be any, any slower than it is any time of the year. So, and same with trolling too. I'm actually not really slowing down any trolling speeds. I'm still staying at, you know, three, five. And, uh, so surprisingly, actually, no, I'm, I'm keeping things, you know, pretty consistent. Huh. That's, that's interesting. I would have thought that you would have been slowing down a little bit, but yeah, no, I, I, I don't, you know, the thing is, is, you know, you think of like a tube, you know, I mean, it must be coming up on a tube and they ain't going to slow down. <laughs> so, and I know a lot of people relate to that and everybody's got this style of fishing and, uh, 
but I mean, as far as, as far as ripping my cranks and, and reeling them in, um, after dark, I, at this time of year, I'm actually keeping them, you know, like I, like I would midsummer. So. So the one thing I would say about this time of year, John, is, yeah, you kind of touched on it before, like if you can stay warm enough, do you got any tips you can offer anybody for trying to stay on the water longer? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, looking at, at moon phases and stuff right now, is well, I mean, throughout the year, it's always key, but, you know, planning your planning your outings, you know, if we're, if we're going to start getting into these, you know, teens and single digits, you know, a person really should start planning your trips or your outings um, whenever you go kind of around the, the prime feeding times. Um, that'll help increase your chances of being able to stay out during the best part of the day. Now, it is fall, and these fish are putting on the feed bag, and I'm not saying you can't catch fish at any time of the day because you can, but, you know, I key in, especially with clients, you know, I key in during the, the top feeding windows and take breaks. You know, we'll go in and we'll, you know, on the off time and we'll go have a hot bowl of chili or soup or something like that, get a warm, a warm beverage and, and then uh, get back at it during the prime time. If you want to be hardcore and you want to stick it out, there's a lot of good options out there now. As far as, um, you know, I wear my clam float suit, which is, you know, a phenomenal suit for staying warm during the winter. Well, you know, you're basically winter fishing at this point. So just bundle up in layers, wear your, wear your ice fishing gear. You know, you can bring heaters with to keep your hands warm. Um, they make a bunch of different battery operated heaters now and body packs that you can put on. So, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, just like anything, you know, the technology nowadays is just getting better and better and making things a lot easier to do. And then that's no different in, in the whole staying warm aspect either. So there's a lot of good opportunities out there to, to keep keep you out on the water longer now so well it's, it's amazing john but i've been doing this for like 20 years where i either go to walmart or a fleet farm or something like that and you buy a massage chair which is meant to go into your truck or your car or whatever and and they call it a massage chair but in that package it plugs into your cigarette cigarette lighter and it has a heater in it and it is absolutely amazing if you're a troller or you're a sucker guy you're going to be sitting in the seat have one of those in your boat they're like 18 to 25 dollars and literally you can sit in a sweatshirt if you're sitting on that thing when you stand up i'm going to warn you it gets a little bit chilly (laughs) because they definitely warm up that that warm to the point where you really don't need to be bundled up at all and and you just put it right on your seat plug it in the cigarette lighter done deal it's super super cool yeah that's a good point i've never even thought of those before but you know i'm i'm gonna go pick one of those up before this weekend (laughs) yeah i mean they're cheap and you know you can even have the massage thing on there where it's vibrating or whatever but honestly it's all about the heat at that point for sure at this point in the fall john what do you suppose your casting to trolling ratio is i mean is it 50 50 or or are you spending you know, more time trolling? You know, the thing is, is like I said on my first um, podcast, I'm I'm not the biggest trolling guy um, out there. I prefer casting, so I'm going to cast as long as I can. And um, I'll, I will stick it out longer as long as it just doesn't get to the point to where I just hurt. But 
you know, I prefer, I prefer casting. So right now I would say I'm probably 80% casting, 20% trolling. And if I'm, and I would actually probably break that even down further and say 50% casting, 25% trolling and 25% sucker right now. So I've been, you know, I've been getting more and more, you know, I, I enjoy sucker fishing. It's kind of, it's kind of a thrill for me. I'm kind of a, you know, fishing too. And there's just something about watching a bobber go down. And, and when you relate that to musky fishing, just knowing that you could have that 50 pounder on the, on the end of your bobber and watching that bobber disappear, that's kind of, that's kind of exciting for me. So, you know, I, I enjoy doing that, but I would say 50, 25, 25. Whenever I hear Minnesota guys talk about sucker fishing, it always just seems to blow my mind that you guys need to choose one or the other. You either can cast or you can run suckers. It's just yeah, I know you guys are lucky over there. I I really I really wish that that was you know the situation over here too. I mean, it would just as far as the whole guiding aspect too. You know, to to be able to throw some meat out the back, but yet still be able to cast. I I would that would be nice. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's it it is for sure. Especially if you're on bodies of water where you can already troll, you can literally if you're by out there by yourself, you could troll. You know, pull two suckers behind you, and then yeah. still cast. So for sure, just just that many more opportunities. I don't know. Sometimes you wonder though, is that does that lead to increased you know fish mortality eh, potentially too? So hard. It's hard to say. It's kind of a a trade off, I guess, right? Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I I relate fish mortality to how you know fish are handled. At the end of the day, if you got two lines or ten lines out, I mean, you're still you're still that person handling that fish. Which you know, I think I think our musky industry has come a long ways with helping people understand the rights and wrongs on on how to handle fish and stuff. So you know, I I don't think I would relate that to fish mortality at all. I mean it comes down to the person on the other side handling the fish in reality. So, um, I, I mean, people, some people argue with me on it. Some people won't, but I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm super jealous of, of you Wisconsin guys. <laughs> I mean, you just, you know, we're letting these fish go. And, uh, and like I said, I mean, it all depends on the angler and, and how you handle it. And, and at the end of the day, if you can get another line out to increase your odds of catching, catching a fish well why not you know and and that's always been my theory i know like i said some people will agree some people won't but that's just kind of my thoughts on it yeah fish handling is definitely important we've talked about it on past episodes and it's i mean you just you do want to do everything as quick as you can you know unhook it as oh, quick yeah. as you can keep the fish in the water all those things if you're taking you know if you're bump boarding it make sure you got your bump board ready to go Everything's set yeah. to go before you even pull this fish out of the bag so that you can minimize all of it. Brad's talked about it before. He's got a video. You could probably do it all in, what, 15, 20 seconds, Brad? Yeah, hands down, Jeff. I mean, that's all it really takes. And and that's including measuring and actually taking photos of the fish. The whole works. Uh, I think it's like 18 seconds is what I did in that video. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and going back to the whole cold water thing, you know, it's, it's kind of a relief to have this cold water back. I mean, these fish are, are, you know, you put them in the bag and they're still aggressive and everybody loves a cold water musky release, you know? I mean, it's it's way less stress on these fish. And, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, everything needs to still be as quick as possible and whatnot, but just to see those good hard power kicks 
within the first few seconds of putting it back in the water is, has been a relief compared to what we've had to deal with this year um, and, and the warm water temperatures that we've had. So, Yeah, absolutely. This year has been, like Brad just alluded to earlier, it's been a nightmare for weather-wise. It's been crazy. Windy, warm, just lots of swings here and there. Uh, it's been it's been tough. I'm not, I mean, I don't think any of us can deny that. No. All right, guys. So, you know, we've covered... Well, I mean, with John now, we've covered pretty much his entire season as far as like how it went. Now we've covered the cold water period a lot. We've covered the, uh, you know, the uh, pre spawn and what these muskies are doing, chasing down tulabies and whatever. What are we doing after they spawn? Let's hope that Mother Nature gives us enough time to actually explore this pattern. But what are we doing then? Hands down. I mean, these fish are going to stick with the tulabies as long as they can, right? I mean, we talked to Hammernick, what, two weeks ago or whatever. And, you know, you're going to continue down that path trying to kind of follow that whole transition of the tulabies are done spawning, where are they moving, and guess what? Those muskies are going to move with them. They're going to move out to some deeper water. There's going to be a few fish that slide in on those break lines and what have you. Honestly, you know, as that pattern starts to happen, if I'm still casting, I'm going to look for the greenest weeds in the lake, meaning some of the latest cabbage that, that you know, grew and bloomed up late in the season those green cabbage beds are still going to be effective second of all there's going to be some fish in the open water and you, you know you have to try to figure out what that pattern might be and the every season's a little bit different so usually after the tulabi spawn you're kind of getting down the crunch time your casting is limited amounts of time during the day because you're just having freeze-ups. You know, your level lines are having issues. Your line guides are having issues on your rod. It, the casting side gets to be troublesome, especially on those really, really cold days. So we're talking trolling now. And I would definitely look in the open water, but I'm not going to say that you can't go on the break lines. Definitely do some structure trolling as well. And let the side imaging tell you where those fish are and you're going to find them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we typically, um, I usually, like you said before, finding the, you know, the greenest, luscious cabbage you can find that's left. Um, fish are still relating to that. And, and like you said, with, you know, the tools that we have now, I mean, side imaging is a huge tool to help you, you know, make sure that ensuring that you're fishing where the fish are. And letting the electronics help you find that. I mean, because it can be a tricky time to figure out, you know, which way these fish are going to be going. And, and, uh, but I mean, typically up north here, we are, like you said, finding the greenest cabbage we can find. And those fish are, are still hanging around those areas and, and concentrated in that, in those areas, but as well as open water. I mean, you know, there's fish that live in open water all year, all year round. So, um, you know, it's just putting that pattern together with a little bit of time you got left and, and, uh, you know, hoping that you can stick that giant. So, yeah, I, I think the, the green weed side of it, especially cabbage, I mean, a free flowing weed like cabbage that's going to provide oxygen. Guess what? It hides bait fish. It's providing oxygen. It only makes sense that they're going to be there. But one of the things that I can tell you. Just because you're locating the fish doesn't mean that they're responding or maybe they're not eating. So you need to find where they're actually eating at too, you know, and that can be caused by the moon and whatever else you want to say, majors, minors, whatever. But definitely 
if you're marking a ton of fish in a certain area and they're not eating, maybe kind of broaden your horizons there and look a little bit for where they are eating. And I've dealt with that for the last month. I've had six to eight fish on my side imaging at one time, and I'm seeing them right on there. They're right there. They're on the bottom. But guess what? They're not responding. They're not eating. Might get a follow here, you know, one or two follows, blah, blah, blah. But they're not the eating fish. So guess what? I moved out a little bit deeper, and now I'm getting the same kind of fish out there, but they're the ones that are active. And so water depth can be, play a factor in that as well. Yep, for sure. I would agree 100% with that. All right, John. Well, we thank you for coming out for another episode of Backlash Podcast. If anybody's looking to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Yeah, like I mentioned before, I mean, Facebook is, is one of the ultimate tools out there to get a hold of me. At, uh, and uh, also my phone number, 218-242-3636. But, uh, uh, yeah, check out my page on Two Seeker Guide Service. Um, and then two seeker on Instagram. So, um, you can reach out to me on a private message or, you know, shoot me a text message or however you want. Um, in that aspect, but it's been fun being on here for the second time. It's been fun watching this podcast evolve into what it is. And, and, uh, I feel pretty grateful to be included with, you know, a lot of the great fishermen that have been on this podcast. And it's been fun to see you guys evolve it into what it is. And, and have the the great people that you've had on it. I appreciate you guys bringing me back on. Well, we certainly appreciate you coming back on. And, you know, I hope, John, you have yourself a really good end of the season. I hope it's longer than we anticipate it is right now. But we just want to thank you for coming out again, and thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll, uh, We'll catch you all next week. Hopefully we're still talking about open water fishing for... A little while yet. Not that we ever talk ice fishing, but hopefully it's still open water when we're talking fishing at the next few episodes. So thanks again, everybody. Yeah.